right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here. This is Bloodlines on Eurofolk Radio. Today is August 14, 2022. And Michael is on vacation for the next two weekends. He's going to be gallivanting in the backwoods of Sweden, trying to bag a deer or two. We'll see how... We'll see how that turns out. Maybe he can send me some venison by by uh, Federal Express, right? So we'll see. We'll see what what he gets there. And you know, if you're in the middle of the backwoods of Sweden in the mountains, how the hell are you going to drag that <laughs> drag that deer out of there? They're going to have to you know cut it up and render it right then and there, which might be a difficult thing to do. So hopefully, it'll be cold weather when he's up there so they can dispose of that deer that they shoot. Anyway, today is going to be a show about the so-called flu and what really happened in 1918 and the lies that have been perpetuated since that day and how the whole world has been flummoxed by the Rockefellers and the medical profession because the Rockefellers took monopolistic control of the medical profession around 1913 when the Flexner Report was issued and the Rockefellers began funding medical colleges that would promote allopathic medicine, that is Rockefeller-style medicine. And the colleges that wouldn't go along with it either folded or faded into obscurity and that would put out of business homeopaths, uh, uh, midwives, uh, chiropractors, naturopaths, etc. So that was an all-out war against natural medicine with the intention by the Rockefellers to take total control and monopolize healthcare in America, which they have totally succeeded in doing. But we're going to get into how all of this nonsense started. And uh, let me just uh, copy this website just in case I uh, neglected to do so. Yeah, flu mox, right? We're, 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 vax- we're being vaxxed to death. There's no doubt about that. And uh, medbeds, uh, that's an interesting concept. Uh, I hear the medbeds are, uh, 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 what do you call it, a radiation type device it's good radiation i think it's probably based on royal rife's uh, uh, theories and of course royal rife was totally persecuted by the rockefellers and uh, almost well almost driven insane <laughs> but uh, definitely anything that uh, in the free market challenges rockefeller medicine must be suppressed must be suppressed So let's get into it. This article here, the 1918 Rockefeller U.S. Army Worldwide Pandemic. And there's actually a guy by the name of Henry Gates, I think it was, uh, who may actually be related to Bill Gates, who started injecting soldiers and, uh, and civilians with meningitis a meningitis vaccine, and of course they came down with meningitis. I don't know if this story talks about this, but we'll we'll find out a lot of details about how the so-called Spanish flu was caused by vaccination and also by radio waves because the, the issue then was as getting into World War I, 
the Navy was experimenting with radio, really high-intense radiation stations that caused the uh, soldiers to get sick. And so, and then it made it was made worse by the vaccination program that followed. Okay, so the radio sickness was the excuse for which to implement vaccination. That's how that worked. So let's let's get into it. Neither it's neither the flu nor Spanish. Millions died due to a Rockefeller Institute meningitis vaccine program. The 1918 Rockefeller U.S. Army Worldwide Pandemic by Larry Romanoff. Now, I really had a great difficulty getting these articles because there is censorship on the Internet, of course. And Reuters says, no, all this uh, vaccination stuff is fictitious. Well, Reuters is owned by the Rothschilds. You're not going to get any true information from Reuters. They own all the social media. They own all of the uh, newspapers and television stations, etc. It's a total monopoly of information. That's why you can't get any facts. You really have to dig hard to get articles such as this. Anyway, Larry Romanoff, let's get into it. One new historical development that has been evolving over a few years and now brought into focus because of COVID-19 is the so-called Spanish flu of 1918. Recurring reports and documentation are emerging to tell us that this greatest pandemic in history was not Spanish, and it was not the flu, and not a natural occurrence, of, but the result of human tinkering with vaccines. There surely is much more to emerge, but the accumulating evidence to date is too compelling to dismiss, and here's a photograph of some soldiers wearing masks in 1918, which, of course, the whole thing was duplicated in 2020, don't you know? Army Hospital Number 4, Fort Porter, New York, during the 1918-1919 Spanish influenza pandemic. I can state categorically that more American soldiers were killed by the vaccination program than were killed by bullets. In simple terms, the emerging evidence supports postulations that the 1918 pandemic was caused by a misguided and very experimental Rockefeller Institute meningitis vaccination program, which was initiated at Fort Riley by the U.S. military and spread to the world from there. This essay will attempt to briefly document the evidence that is available so far. There will, of course, be many objections to the content of this essay, not only from the ideologues and trolls, but from those in high places with vital body organs requiring protection. (laughs) Yeah, the vital body organs of established medicine, the mass media, the hospitals, the the vax promoters, etc. First, there was never any justification for associating the 1918 pandemic with Spain. The pathogen did not originate in Spain, nor was Spain the hardest hit. The most commonly accepted official story, as related by our MSM, is that all countries but Spain had initiated severe censorship due to the war, and thus the facts of the pandemic freely circulated only in the Spanish media. And so it was natural to refer to this as the Spanish flu. From this reasoning, since we all know the U.S. has at least 
125% freedom of speech and minus the same degree of censorship, we should rename COVID-19 the American curse. This may yet happen for other more valid reasons. Yeah, let's call it the, the curse of COVID. In any case, the documented evidence is increasingly voluminous and increasingly solid that this outbreak originated at Fort Riley, Kansas, in the U.S. Conspiracy theorists, that is, conspiracy truthers, and historical revisionists cannot change this now. Okay, well, that's the fact. It started in Fort Riley, Kansas. That's also where uh, they were experimenting with radio. The 1918 pandemic was quite possibly the worst the world has seen, certainly for centuries. It infected about 500 million people and killed at least 50 million worldwide. The current official narrative is that it was caused by an H1N1 virus that originated in birds, okay? Uh, Actually, Fauci said it was bacterial pneumonia, but that's a lie too. Uh, Which is not a flu in any case. And its only tenuous connection with the U.S. was that it was first identified in the U.S. in military personnel, in the spring of 1918. These claims appear to be false. In a 2008 report, the U.S. NIH admitted that most of the deaths were not from the flu, nor from any bird virus, but from a bacterial pneumonia. So it's just another cover story. The details of the studies corroborate this extensively, in which even Dr. Anthony Fauci says, quote, We agree completely that bacterial pneumonia played a major role in the mortality of the 1918 pandemic. No, it was a meningitis vaccine is what it really was. In fact, it is now stated that the reason modern medical technology was never able to identify the killer influenza strain from this pandemic was because influenza was not the killer. It might be obvious to us today because we know that influenza attacks the young, old, and immunocompromised, while the Spanish flu attacked healthy people in their prime, which is what bacterial pneumonia does. Well, it may do that, but it doesn't cause the extensive nosebleeds that most of the victims of the so-called Spanish flu were getting. Nosebleeds are highly uncommon with any flu, but they were common. In fact, many doctors who investigated this said the nosebleeds were profuse, And you don't get nosebleeds from flu, folks. That just doesn't happen. So it's something else. Of course, they cover this information up that we are supposedly getting the flu when actually we're getting sick from toxicity. Toxicity, not viruses, are the cause of almost all disease, even germ disease, because what happens is the germs, they get into your body they start eating the, the, the sugar, primarily sugar, that's floating around in your body, and then they eat that and excrete toxins, and it's these toxins that make us sick. Vir- the original term virus from the Latin means toxin. That's exactly what it means. So the Rockefellers invented this virus theory, which they have never proven, which uh, is... Uh, Primarily, it's exosomes. Viruses are exosomes, which is excretions of healthy cells plus other debris floating around in your body fluids, which your immune system is supposed to get rid of. But when there's so much toxicity in your blood and in your body fluids that your 
the immune system can't deal with it anymore, that's when you get sick. And that is what people call the flu. It's a fever of unknown origin, but its basic cause is toxicity, not some bug or some virus. Again, the official narrative tells us that due to troop movements because of the war, the pathogen was spread worldwide. But the current emerging thesis is that troop movements might have been irrelevant because the Rockefellers, in their combined haste and hubris, sent their experimental anti-meningococcal serum to England, France, Belgium, Italy, and many other countries, helping spread the epidemic worldwide, unquote. It certainly appears to be the prime suspect, and we can understand the reluctance of today's WHO and CDC to reveal this to the popular press. As Dr. Kevin Berry wrote, quote, It would be much more difficult to maintain the marketing mantra of vaccines save lives if a vaccine experiment originating in the United States caused the deaths of 50 to 100 million people. And, quote, the American Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research and its experimental bacterial meningococcal vaccine may have killed 50 to 100 million people in 1918 and 1919 is a far less effective sales slogan. Yes, we have been victims of Rockefeller snake oil. In fact, John D. Rockefeller's daddy was indeed a snake oil salesman. Would you believe? Yes, he was. The smoking gun. According to the 2008 National Institute of Health paper, Bacterial pneumonia was the killer in a minimum of 92.7% of the 1918-1919 autopsies reviewed. It is likely higher than 92.7%. The researchers looked at more than 9,000 autopsies and, quote, there were no negative bacterial lung culture results. In the 68, well, it's, certainly your lungs would have been affected by such a horrible disease, but what's the cause? Was it bacterial pneumonia or was it meningococcal vaccines? In the 68 higher quality autopsy series, in which the possibility of unreported negative cultures could be excluded, 92.7% of autopsy lung cultures were positive for uh, more than one bacterium, which is saying what? There's only uh, Oh, they're only positive for bacteria. In one study of approximately 9,000 subjects who were followed from clinical presentation with influenza to resolution or autopsy, researchers obtained with sterile technique cultures of either pneumococci or streptococci from 164 of 167 lung tissue samples. Quote, there were 89 pure cultures of pneumococci, 19 cultures from which only streptococci were covered, 34 that yielded mixtures of pneumococci and or streptococci, 22 that yielded a mixture of pneumococci, streptococci, and other organisms, prominently pneumococci and non-hemolytic streptococci, and that three yielded, that yielded non-hemolytic streptococci alone. There were no negative lung culture tests or results. Okay, so in other words, all of these people were infected by something or other in uh, these uh, in these experiments. 
Pneumococci or streptococci were found in 164 of 160 lung tissue samples autopsies. That is 98.2% bacteria was the killer, supposedly. The 1918 and 1919 volumes of the Journal of the American Medical Association include many articles on the cause, prevention, and treatment of influenza. Again and again, investigators wonder at the spotty presence of B influenza in the oh, in the ill, in the, in the sick. Note its presence in healthy individuals and observe it in other infections such as measles, scarlet fever, diphtheria, and varicella, that is chickenpox. In one article, the authors write, quote, there seems to be no justification for the belief that the epidemic was due to the influenza bacillus, which is probably a secondary invader and bears about the same relation to the influenza cases as to respiratory infections of a different sort, unquote. So the the conclusion that it's bacterial pneumonia is false. This appears to be where the story begins. So, yeah, has the media, yeah, oh, parasites. Parasites will do that to you as well. And uh, you, you can breathe those in, can't you? So, let's continue. Following an outbreak of epidemic meningitis at Camp Funston, Kansas, in October and November 1917, a series of anti-meningitis vaccinations was undertaken on volunteer subjects from the camp. Okay, so the meningitis was caused by a vaccine. Then they instituted anti-meningitis vaccinations as a countermeasure, probably to cover their butts, because they didn't want, you know, because... People were starting to die, and they were thinking, okay, maybe we should try to counteract what we've just done. At that time, vaccinations, and perhaps much of medical science generally, were in their infancy with very much unknown. In particular, Dr. Gates himself, that's uh, Dr. Frederick Gates, I haven't been able to determine whether he's an ancestor of Bill Gates, but he might be. Maybe somebody in the chat room can uh, dig that information up. Uh, but that would be very interesting, you know, because it's, it's something that runs in the family, right? So let's continue. In particular, Dr. Gates himself notes that prior to this time, quote, meningococcus vaccines have not been extensively employed for prophylactic immunization and only a few references are to be found in the literature that relate vaccination experiences, unquote. So this whole business was in its infancy. And by the way, not too long ago, I reported that Pasteur doctored his experimental results because he wasn't getting the uh, infectious rate that he wanted, and his notes were not made public until 1971. And the person who analyzed those notes, he uh, Pasteur actually admitted to doctoring the results, doctoring the experiments to, to suggest that the inoculation works. And of course, it turned out to be a lie. He further relates that the few referenced cases experienced very severe reactions to the vaccines. Just a few? <laughs> Which were entirely experimental. Yeah, so they're experimenting. They're using human beings as guinea pigs 
and they're still doing it today. It's called COVID, folks. In this case, the Rockefeller Institute, which seems to be where the experiments in opening this special compartment of Pandora's box originated, contrived an experimental vaccine and were understandably anxious to see what happens. It was apparently a rather crude antibacterial vaccine that was made in horses. Oh, monkeypox. I haven't the medical competence to comment on the equine portion, but others more knowledgeable have suggested that this might not have been the best method. (laughs) Well, vaccines are awful no matter what method. One enormous advantage of the war to Rockefeller was that the U.S. Army ballooned from little more than 250,000 to 6 million men, thanks, of course, to Woodrow Wilson, who was a banker puppet and a Jew puppet, with the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research. Now we've got plenty of customers and we can bill the taxpayer. Guess what? We can bill the taxpayer. Now having an enormous pool of human guinea pigs to conduct vaccine experiments. In a 26-page paper published in July of 1918 by Dr. Frederick L. Gates, M.D., First Lieutenant, Medical Corps, U.S. Army, writing from the base hospital at Fort Riley, Kansas, and the Rockefeller Institute for Medical Research, New York, Dr. Gates outlines the procedure. Okay, here we go, folks. Here's where it all began. For the determination of dosage and the study of reactions and antibody formation, six groups of about 50 men each, so that's 300 guinea pigs, were chosen from the various companies in the regiment. Successive groups received increasing doses of vaccine in a series of three injections at four to ten day intervals. Here we go, just like COVID. Get your booster shot. That's three shots. And of course, monkeypox is another. The determination of the dosage of vaccine for subsequent groups followed from the reports of the reactions produced by the given doses. So they were scientifically recording how their doses were doing. It was considered important to increase the doses gradually in order to locate closely the zone of mild reactions and to avoid unexpectedly severe... Okay, so why, why bother to increase the dosage at all? Why don't you start out low and see how many people you kill that way? This is totally unscientific. Totally unscientific. And of course, no control group except for the soldiers that weren't vaccinated. So, folks, I mean, we can see that the origin of this so-called flu and the the, the monkeypox, monkeypoxitis that has been spreading around the world thanks to the Gates, Gates family. Okay. All right. Uh, Okay. Jeffrey says, my, oh, myth detector. What, what did Bill Gates' grandfather do during the Spanish flu? It's so, it seems to be debunked. Again, you have to be careful because the vast majority, when you research this, this subject, you will find all kinds of mainstream debunking, you know, like, uh, 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 what do they call them? Anyway, not, not myth busters, but uh, 
All the debunkers are mainstream people working for the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds. Uh, Bavaria Man says, Frederick, together with a biologist in Australia, made the rabbit disease uh, the myxomatose illness? <laughs> Mix it all together. Mix up as many viruses as you can, as many pathogens as you can, and call it something. So they call it Spanish flu. To root out the rabbits in Australia and the rest of the world, he was the grandfather of Bill. Very good. Thank you, Bavaria man. So I suspected that. So let's continue. So they increased the dosage uh, in a series of three injections at four to ten day intervals. Uh, why did I keep it all the same days to minimize confusion? The determination of the dosage of vaccines for subsequent groups followed from the reports of the reactions produced by the given doses. It was considered important to increase the doses gradually in order to locate closely the zone of mild reactions and to avoid unexpectedly severe results. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> they got severe results all over the place. The occurrence of an occasional reaction of greater severity, even with the smaller doses, and increasing local tenderness after the infection of the larger doses of vaccine, led to the choice of relatively lower doses for the general series throughout the camp, rather than the attempt to push the dosage up to the limit of endurance. Again, as we said, why not just keep, why not just keep the dosage low and see what happens? See how many people you kill that way. Later experience fully justified this decision, right? Keep the doses low. The preliminary series of vaccinations therefore served to establish the method of injection, the proper dosage for extended vaccination, the reactions which might be expected to follow the chosen doses, and the production of immune bodies in the serum of vaccinated men. On the basis of these findings, a vaccine was offered to the camp at large. Now, ladies, aren't you glad that under our law, you don't have to go to war. You can stay home and not get vaccinated by the military. And he, we, he, we have all these feminists volunteering for this stuff. Heretofore, meningococcus vaccines have not been extensively employed for prophylactic immunization, and only a few references are to be found in the literature that relate vaccination experiences. So here... Vaccines were in their infancy, but they were controlled by the multi-billionaire Rockefeller family. The results were not long in coming. Quote, Fourteen of the largest training camps had reported influenza outbreaks in March, April, or May, and some of the infected troops carried the virus with them aboard ships to France. Now, once a person is really sick, and probably bedridden, or you know, or stumbling around trying to maintain his balance, he would be coming in contact with other individuals. We know uh, that the vaccine industry admits that there is transference from one person to another, not by mere coughing or airborne so-called viruses, but close contact, close contact. And especially if these soldiers coming home from the war were still sick, I don't want to, well, in this case, it would be infected because they've been infected by the vaccine. Hugging and kissing and smooching and, and blah, blah, blah would tend to infect the person you're hugging, kissing, and smooching with. And so the families of these men, 
Okay, so all that's required is a toxin entering your body or perhaps these germs, which the recipient of the germs weren't able to counteract with their immune systems because this is something completely novel. And aren't they telling us that SARS-CoV-2 is a, or COVID is a completely novel disease? A novel virus, by the way, they have never isolated this novel virus. Never. Worldwide, people have been filing Freedom of Information Act filings, and the results are always the same. The government entity that answers the Freedom of Information filing says, we do not have that information. What information? The the genomic sequence of the virus. They cannot provide that. They never have provided that from any lab anywhere in the world. Period. So, as soldiers in the trenches became sick, the military evacuated them from the front lines and replaced them with healthy men. This process continuously brought the virus into contact with new hosts, young, healthy soldiers in which it could adapt, reproduce, and become extremely virulent without danger of burning out. So rather than it's bacterial, it's, it's positively bacterial and not viral because virals are not living organisms. They are just pieces of debris floating around in your body. Before any travel ban could be imposed, a contingent of replacement troops departed Camp Devons outside of Boston for Camp Upton, Long Island the Army's debarkation point in France, and took influenza with them. Medical officers at Upton said it arrived abruptly on September 13, 1918, with 38 hospital admissions, followed by 86 the next day and 193 the next. So, if this is flu, and you recall, folks, that In modern times, when people get the flu, they don't die from flu. Very rarely do people die from the flu. And it spreads primarily in schools where kids get it from one another, except for the kids who don't practice vaccination and their immune systems are working properly. And as stated earlier, flu generally spreads among the young whose vaccine, uh, sorry, whose immune systems are not fully developed. Okay, and the old and the infirm, which is exactly what happened with COVID. All right, they spread it through the vaccinations and through 5G installations nearby the uh, COVID outbreaks, primarily in nursing homes in Italy and elsewhere. Continuing, before any travel ban could be imposed, and so had up to 193 cases on the third day. So definitely this abrupt, okay? Hospital admissions peaked on October 4th with 483 and within 40 days. Camp Upton sent 6,131 men to the hospital for so-called influenza. Some developed pneumonia so quickly that physicians diagnosed it simply by observing the patient rather than listening to the lungs. Yeah, you can tell when somebody's got pneumonia. Hacking cough and water on the lungs, right? That's uh, difficulty breathing. And your immune system trying to get rid of that stuff by, uh, by sending it out through your nose. 
I would say here that all indications are that this event was accidental. There may well have been hubris in godlike imaginings at the Rockefeller Institute, but I am not in a position to make such accusations. From everything I have seen in researching this subject, and while I cannot speak for Rockefeller, the U.S. military appears to have approached this with sincerity, good intentions, and high hopes of staving off meningitis infections in their troops. I have referenced above the paper by Dr. Gates that was written in 1918 and have studied it repeatedly. From those readings, I recognize no hint of deception or cover-up, no recklessness, no disdain for the lives of the soldiers, and no attempt, as we see with vaccines today, to minimize or discard the dangers of adverse reactions. However, I would say the Rockefellers didn't give a damn, (laughs) right? The Rockefellers were the original robber barons, financing war, just like the Rothschilds. They don't give a damn about people's health. The Rockefellers were only uh, interested in instituting their allopathic medical model. So if the vaccine worked, fine and dandy. If it doesn't work, so what? We'll, we'll find another vaccine. We'll keep on trying vaccines until we find one that works, which they have never done. The entire tone of his paper is one of an intelligent and educated medical officer sincerely documenting the situation of a dangerous pathogen and his efforts to eliminate it. Okay, so the Rockefellers entrusted this to a doctor. Here, take this, take this vaccine and use it. He is careful in his statements. He docu- Well, obviously, if he were insincere, the more careful he would have to be. He documents the care in administering minor and increasing doses of the vaccine and monitoring their effects at every stage. From everything I have learned, I could find no fault with the U.S. military in this experiment, except perhaps the fact that it was an experiment. Yeah, it was an experiment. And you're using human beings as guinea pigs. The faults, disdain, cover-ups, and deception come later. Okay, so that's this author's opinion. I would disagree that it's all very innocent. Because, yeah, but one thing is for sure, in the military, when a higher-up gives an order to vaccinate, everybody down, down the line obeys especially doctors, because they have... So I wonder how many doctors took the shot. I'll bet none. I'll bet none took the shot. So here we go. And remember when the COVID uh, gates... COVID gate, (laughs) there you go. COVID gate started out in the early 2000s, leading up to 2020, yeah, 2020, the people least likely to take any sort of shot were medical professionals. Why? Because they knew, they know, and they still know that these shots have all kinds of repercussions, especially they cause the disease that they're supposedly vaccinated against. This is exactly, okay? So, all right. All right, so let's continue yeah, well, the gates, yeah, a COVID gate, COVID gates is what we're up against here. And of course, this is, well, how many times has Bill Gates said, we, we need to reduce the population of the planet 
down to 500 million. How? By lining people up and shooting them? Or by making them get in line and shooting them with vaccines? One result of which is infertility. One result of hyper irradiation by 3G, 4G, 5G, etc. is infertility. Ladies, if you're wearing your uh, cell phone in your back pocket, you are irradiating your ovaries. And so, depending on which ovary you're irradiating, that one is going to become infertile. Remember Bo Biden? Joe Biden's other son? The one who wasn't... I don't think he was filming himself like Hunter having sex with Chinese prostitutes. Whatever happened to that laptop, by the way? Anyway, he, Bo, died of brain cancer. How did that come about? Well, he was keeping his cell phone. He was on the phone constantly with his cell phone up against his left ear and... He got cancer right about, right behind his left ear, okay? So, it's a perfect controlled experiment, folks. So, let's continue with the author. So, he's being very generous here to the Rockefellers and the military as to their intentions. My reading of the aftermath is that both the Rockefeller Institute and the U.S. military, after conducting their thousands of autopsies, fully realized what had happened and in humanly understandable terms in the face of the calamity they had inadvertently unleashed, in the opinion of the author, decided the most prudent course was to bury the truth, right? Vaccinate the truth, rather than face the recriminations of an already war-weary world. Oh, no! That never stopped the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds from prosecuting people they think are criminals in staged staged courtrooms, right? That never stopped them. But when they're the guilty ones, of course, let's hush this up. In that situation, what would you do? Well, what did Woodrow Wilson do when he was blackmailed by Samuel Untermeyer, an agent of the Rothschilds, into getting us involved in World War I? What would Woodrow Wilson have done? The coward that he is, was he knuckled under and he got America into World War I despite the fact that he had campaigned for re-election on the slogan, I kept our boys out of the war. Immediately after being re-elected, he, he asked Congress to declare war. That's how things happen, folks. Between the Gates mob, medical mafia, and <laughs> lily-livered politicians, this is what happens. That's how the world is run, folks, by the mob and lily-livered politicians. So in that situation, what would you do? What would I do? If I were Woodrow Wilson, I would say, okay, huh, uh, the American people are forgiving people. I better go public about my affair with Mary Peck. That was he was being blackmailed about that affair. This is how politics really works, folks. It's not all above board, as you some people still believe. Can you see the headlines in the New York and London Times? 
reading, whoops, we killed all these people by experimentation. I believe that this pandemic became the flu in Spanish because it was disguised both the origin and the pathogen itself, steering the world's public in wrong directions and blaming everything on nature. But perhaps after more than 100 years, it is time for the U.S. to show a bit of courage and integrity and tell the truth. Uh, yeah, th this guy is, is just a bit uh, you know, naive here. There is, after all, a first time for everything. No, you're never going to see this. You're never going to see the Rockefellers coming clean about the so-called 1918 Spanish flu. Next heading, the inevitable Chinese coolies. There is another aspect to this that requires mention, the attempt by some individuals to lay the blame for this event on China. The accusation itself is too stupid to warrant refuting, but I will briefly deal with it because it is one element of a large category of history that demands public revelation, that of Jewish slave trading. I had no idea that this article was going to get into the Jewish question. Very interesting. Yeah, Freebird says, <laughs> oh, Swamp Fox, Swamp Fox is uh, responding to my comment about doctors not getting vaccinated. He says, one of my doctors did get the vaccine and one of, one of them died. He knows I refused it and now I think he is sorry he took it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we'll bet he's sorry. Okay. Yeah. I told them I don't want Swamp Fox. I told them I don't want any more of their snake venom and monkey pus. <laughs> right? That's what it is, folks. Snake venom and monkey monkey pus. All right. Oh yeah. This is this is getting more and more interesting, folks. How can they cover this up much longer? Because the mass media is in such low esteem, almost as low as Joe Biden. How much longer can they cover this up? So, the Jewish question becomes part of this story. That of Jewish slave trading. Continuing, the connection with this topic to the 1918 pandemic is the theory first promulgated by a Canadian historian named Mark Humphreys from Canada's Memorial University of Newfoundland who wrote that the newly unearthed records confirm that one of the side stories of the war, the mobilization of 96,000 Chinese laborers to work behind the British and French lines in World War I's Western Front, may have been the source of the pandemic. While Humphreys acknowledges that this hypothesis awaits confirmation, the National Geographic couldn't wait, and in an article written by, blame it on anybody but the Rockefellers, and allopathic medicine. In an article written by Dan Vergano, they published the accusation as, quote, about as close to a smoking gun as a historian is going to get, unquote. I am extremely skeptical that the 96,000 Chinese coolies created this epidemic. That wouldn't be so bad, but this is only 1% of the picture of Chinese laborers working behind the lines at the oddest places in the world. 
it needs to be told that the international Jews responsible for Chinese opium century, let me restate this, folks, repeat this, this is important. The oddest places, it needs to be told that the international Jews responsible for Chinese opium century, Rothschild, Sassoon, Kaduri, Hardoon, and many more were also responsible for kidnapping and transporting as slaves millions of Chinese from Fujian and Guangdong for at least 150 years. The reason we have Chinese all over the world. Okay, so those coolies were exported into America and other points of the world by the Jews. Few are aware that the Panama Canal was built primarily by Chinese slaves, kidnapped by Jewish slave traders, and shipped to Central America. That is the reason that even today, more than 10% of the population of Panama is Chinese. I had no idea. The same was true for the Great Panama Railroad. Interestingly documented by tales that after the completion of all the Chinese, of all, the Chinese committed suicide. Uh, supposedly, I doubt that. I bet they were murdered. The story was that once the railroad was built, the Chinese laborers began smoking opium and all killed themselves, some apparently by cutting off their own heads. Oh, yeah, that's a common uh, way of death, people cutting off their own heads. As James Bond would say, well, that's a neat trick. I should point out that the symptoms of smoking opium are pacific, not violent. Yeah, they, they generally become very lethargic and unable to do anything. And nobody is likely to cut off their own heads, impale those same heads on a spike, or hang themselves with their own hair. That's That, that was reserved for uh, homosexuals uh, doing uh, poppers which was the drug of choice. It was the same with the railroads in both Canada and the U.S., where, as with the HSBC Bank, the names were Scottish, but the money was all Jewish, and countless thousands of Chinese were kidnapped and sent to North America to build the railroads for their Jewish friends, after which most were massacred. Yeah, use them, abuse them, and then refuse them. The connection with the 1918 pandemic is the approximately 150,000 Chinese laborers who quote-unquote voluntarily went from Shandong to Europe to assist in the war effort. This by itself is ridiculous. The Chinese in Shandong had enough trouble with the Jews selling opium and the Japanese gobbling up their country to care about some stupid war halfway around the world. What happened was that the international Jews had infiltrated themselves so thoroughly into China that they controlled Chiang Kai-shek, and more important, then they, they, uh, they subverted Chiang Kai-shek in favor of communism later on, and more importantly, Harvard-educated T.V. Sung, T.V. Sung, S-O-O-N-G, and, and, and after establishing a Rothschild-owned central bank, were in the process of looting every penny from China. Boy, this article is way better than I ever dreamed. Now, wait a minute. He was very 
skeptical that the Spanish flu was created deliberately and being very generous. But now, when it comes to the Jewish question, he is for for sure 100% certain. Well, I agree with him. Let's continue. In the midst of this, and with the war now a reality, they prevailed upon Chiang, or Chang and Su to kidnap yet more Chinese to be used as slave labor and cannon fodder for their war in Europe. Chang obliged, and the Chinese citizens were forcibly conscripted as always. Wow! Totally unaware that this the Chiang Kai-shek actually cooperated with the international Jew. This is news to me, folks. They were sent first to Canada, transported across the country to the Atlantic, then shipped to Europe where nearly all of them died. This is the issue. Historians, quote-unquote historians, primarily Jewish, have suddenly discovered that the Chinese who were shipped to Canada and Europe came not only with their luggage, but with the Spanish flu ready to infect the world. So they were just another batch of the experiment. The documented evidence is, of course, non-existent, but then Jewish historical novels seldom rely on evidence. One Jewish historian tells us that at the time, China was suffering from something that just must have been (laughs) the Spanish flu, or looked like it. Similar, Similar symptoms, right? With at least 150 miles along the Great Wall suffering from this infection. Well, Beijing is like every other cold climate in the world in that we will find colds and flu in the winter. So nothing special here. But what we actually had was one Chinese at at mile zero, one at mile 150, one at mile 300. Thus we have infected Chinese for at least 300 miles. The next part tells us that this is uh, how the flu virus spreads in the media. The next part tells us that When the infected Chinese were in Canada waiting for transportation to Europe, they were housed in internment camps surrounded by barbed wire. Even worse, while on the 8,000-kilometer train trip across Canada, their carriages were locked to protect them from anti-Chinese sentiment. (laughs) That's cute. Would this be like the American Wild West where gangs of marauding Canadians would be mounted on horseback and chasing down trains so they could mount them and beat up the hated Chinese passengers? There was no anti-Chinese sentiment because they didn't even know they were on those trains, folks. To justify such outrageous measures, the Chinese were indeed in locked carriages and for the same reason they were in internment camps with barbed wire, so the ungrateful kidnapped slaves couldn't escape. So ungrateful. The theory is further embellished that many of the kidnapped Chinese were ill, conveniently with the Spanish flu, and thus carried it from the Great Wall to Europe. No indication of how it migrated to Fort Riley. And, of course... The reason the Spanish flu didn't affect China was because all Chinese had already been infected and were immune of whatever it was. I was always a fan of science fiction, but it occurs to me that medical fiction may be even more exciting. There is so much effort today to attribute the Spanish flu to the Chinese by Jewish historians, as there also is to attribute Europe's bubonic plague to the Chinese by the same Jewish historians. This really needs to end, and the best method is to name and identify all those responsible. Perhaps the time has finally arrived for the world to know the truth 
of a great many things. Okay, so Mr. Romanoff, uh, writing has been translated into 28 languages, so I assume he's a Russian. And this is how he knows about this, these things. Very interesting article, folks. Let me, I'm going to post this in the chat room again because this information needs to be made available worldwide. And, folks, here it is in the chat room. www.europereloaded, the 1918 Rockefeller U.S. Army Worldwide Pandemic. Wow. Snake venom. Snake venom. <laughs> the victor is the vaccine vector. Thank you, Jeffrey. Wow. Yeah, and holistic healthcare people are not that readily available, but I, I, I sense that their business is booming since COVID has been inflicted upon the world. Okay, folks. This is getting crazy. It's been crazy, but now we're getting to the bottom of things. So, thank you, Mr. Romanoff. The absolutely enlightening article. <laughs> okay, he is one of the contributing authors to Cynthia McKinney's new anthology, When China Sneezes. His full archive can be seen at uh, moonofshanghai.com and bluemoonofshanghai.com. He can be contacted at the address. So you have the link. I may just contact this guy. Hopefully he speaks English. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. That's our first reference for the day. And this one was way better than I even anticipated. So now we have wabiz.org. And press needs to be held accountable for the hurting people conspire corona or 5g the vaccine that killed 50 million people spanish flu did not kill 50 million vaccinate vaccines did is the subheading here in a photograph so let's get to it it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Aristotle, no, believe the Jew, believe their newspapers. All right, all right. So Mark Twain said, "If you read, if you don't read the newspapers, you're uninformed. If you do read the newspapers, you are misinformed." And uh, who's the comedian in the 1930s? Will Will Rogers said. I don't tell jokes. I just read the headlines. The vaccine that killed 50 million. The 1918 influenza epidemic. And here we get into the body of the article. Very few people realize that the worst epidemic ever to hit America, the Spanish influenza of 19, was the after effect of the massive nationwide vaccine campaign. Viruses were not known at that time. As I said, the meaning of the word virus from the Latin is toxin. So the doctors told the people that the disease was caused by germs. Germs, bacteria, and viruses, along with the bacilli and a few other invisible organisms, are the scapegoats, which the doctors like to blame for the things they do not understand. If we check back in history to the 1918 flu period, 
we will see that it had suddenly struck just after the end of World War I when American soldiers were returning home from overseas. Although there was a suggestion that the virus strain originated at Fort Riley, Kansas, in viruses in poultry and pigs, which the fort bred for food. The soldiers were then sent from Fort Riley around the world, where they spread the disease. World War I was the first war in which multiple vaccines were forced on all U.S. servicemen. Quote, It was a common expression during the war that more soldiers were killed by vaccine shots than by shots from enemy guns, unquote. E. McBean. This concoction of poisonous drugs and putrid proteins of which the vaccines were composed, that's a good definition of a virus, folks, a putrid protein, caused such widespread disease and death among the soldiers that it was the common talk of the day that more of our men were being killed by medical shots than by enemy gunfire. U.S. Army records show that seven men dropped dead after being vaccinated, a report from the U.S. Secretary of War Henry L. Stimson not only verified these deaths, but also stated that there had been 63 deaths and 28,585 cases of hepatitis as a direct result of yellow fever vaccination during only six months of the war. And that was only one of the 14 to 25 shots given to recruits. I had no idea it was that many shots. When I entered the military heading uh, you know, heading to the Vietnam War, I don't recall more than four or five shots, if that many. So the military, again, is being used and exploited for their uh, guinea pig status. Here's a photograph at, uh, of life at Camp Dix, Trenton, New Jersey. Army records also reveal that after vaccination became compulsory in the U.S. Army in 1911, not only did typhoid increase rapidly, but all of the vaccinal diseases increased at an alarming rate. After America entered the war in 1917, the death rate from typhoid vaccination rose to the highest point in the history of the U.S. Army. The report of the Surgeon General of the U.S. Army shows that during 1917, there were admitted into the Army hospitals 19,608 men suffering from an anti-typhoid inoculation and vaccinia. The Army doctors knew all these cases of disease and death were due to vaccination and were honest enough to admit it in their medical reports. They're not so honest today, folks. It is known that vaccines often cause other diseases besides the one for which they are given. Why? Because there's so much uh, putrid, putrid pus in those vaccines. For instance, smallpox vaccine often causes syphilis, paralysis, leprosy, and cancer. Now, it's interesting, folks, that the government admits that the Tuskegee black servicemen were deliberately infected by the U.S. military. They admit that. Why? Because it's black people. But when they infect white people and others, there is no admission of guilt by the U.S. military. But in those days, the military was honest enough to admit that these diseases were being caused by vaccinia. Polio shots, 
diphtheria, toxin, antitoxin, typhoid vaccine, as well as measles, tetanus, and all other shots often cause various other stages of disease, such as post-vaccinal encephalitis, inflammation of the brain, oh my God, paralysis, spinal meningitis, blindness, cancer, sometimes within two years, tuberculosis, two to 20 years after the shot, arthritis, kidney disease, heart disease, heart failure sometimes within minutes after the shot, and sometimes several hours later. Oh, yeah, that's what happened to Tiffany in uh, North Carolina, right? She was vaccinated live online and died two days later. Nerve damage and many other serious conditions also follow the injections. Folks, you're getting a dose of truth here that you'll never get from mainstream media. Absolutely never. When doctors had tried to suppress the symptoms of the typhoid with stronger vaccine, it caused a worse form of typhoid, which they named paratyphoid. But when they concocted a stronger and more dangerous vaccine to suppress that one, they created an even worse disease, which they didn't have a name for. What should they call it? They didn't want to tell people what it really was. Their own Frankenstein monster, which they had created with their vaccines and suppressive medicines. They wanted to direct the blame away from themselves, so they called it Spanish influenza. By the way, the word influenza comes from the Italian uh, influence of the stars, right? They blamed it on the stars. That's what influenza, blame it on anything, but its true cause, vaccination. Writing in The Lancet, Dr. William Collins of Oxford says, quote, Surely, we are seeing a type of influenza quite different from anything we have seen before. I well remember the severe epidemic of 1889 to 1990, uh, sorry, 1890, and attended a large number of cases. But the signs and symptoms which have been exhibited by patients I have attended during the past few days are quite new to me, as I said. Most of these Spanish flu victims had severe nosebleeds, which you never get from typical flu. After the war, this was one of the vaccines used in a vain attempt to protect a panic-stricken world from the soldiers returning from World War I battlefronts infected with dangerous diseases. The only ones who had ultimately escaped the influenza were those who refused the vaccinations. Are you listening, folks? The ones who refused the vaccinations. But who's being blamed for spreading the disease? The unvaccinated. You are the deplorable unvaccinated, folks. Can you believe this? This is the truth finally being trolled without embellishment. Okay, let's continue. 2013, Silent Epidemic by award-winning film director Gary Null is the first documentary to investigate thoroughly the true medical record and the historical evidence about vaccine marvels. Interviewing leading private physicians. Yeah, vaccine marvels is like science fiction sold as science. Interviewing leading private physicians, pediatricians, immunologists, biomolecular chemists, parents of vaccine-injured children, 
and legal experts voicing opposition to human rights violations over mandated vaccination, the film deconstructs a conventional vaccine hypothesis. What really goes into the making of a vaccine is that being injected directly into the bloodstream. Rather than worthy of praise, vaccine health risks have become a scourge, injuring untold numbers of children, adults, and families. Remember, it's the depopulation agenda of Bill Gates, the Club of Rome, the World Health Organization, etc., CDC. Why did they blow up the Georgia Guidestones? Because people were catching on to the fact that the Georgia Guidestones state that the world's population should be maintained at only 500 million people. People were beginning to connect the dots. The Guidestones had to go because they are a guidepost to sorcery, i.e. pharmacia. All right, very good stuff here. Viewers will be introduced to the primitive technology for making vaccines, their life-threatening ingredients, and the hidden story World Health Agencies don't want you to know for people who have accepted vaccines' promises. Quote, silent epidemic, unquote, will certainly make them rethink its mythology. Okay, so there's a link here. I will post all the articles I reference here today into the uh, posting of this show. Excuse me, I have to leave the mic very... I am still not over my radiation symptoms and I'm investigating various different technologies to minimize my radiation exposure exposure from computers and other things. So one of the tricks I found that works is to use an external battery because my laptop computer does not radiate nearly as much when it's running on the battery as opposed to when it's plugged in. And so I bought an external battery for one of my desktop computers. And sure enough, it it radiates far less when it's plugged into the battery rather than plugged into the wall. So, but I'm still not where I want to be. I want to eliminate this radiation entirely to minimize you know my health effects, which are, of course, sinus issues. And sinus issues are basically your body's attempt to get rid of all the pathogens that are being created from whatever source, radiation being one of those sources. So let's continue. The doctors didn't want this massive vaccine disease blunder to reflect on them, so they agreed among themselves to call it Spanish influenza. Spain was a neutral country during World War I, with no reporting restrictions, no, you can't report that the, the influenza is being caused by vaccines, can you? You can't report that. So the idea of c- citing the outbreak there seemed to be a good way for the medics to distance themselves from any scandal. The Spanish resented having the scourge planted on them. I bet they did. As they knew the flu didn't originate in their country. I object, says Spain. We don't care, says the world of medical monsters. The 1918 flu was the most devastating disease in history, and it brought forth a profusion of medical tricks to try and control it. 
but the administering of poisonous, contaminated vaccines only worsened the weakened condition of the people, and the treatments ended up killing exponentially more people than the flu itself. Folks, you're getting the truth unabridged. Right here at Eurofolk Radio, you need to share this information with everybody you know. It is estimated that the 1918 flu epidemic killed around 50 million people throughout the world or as far away as the vaccinations reached. The truth of the matter is that most died from the crude and deadly vaccinations administered by their doctors. Medical historians, quote, medical historians have finally come to the reluctant conclusion that the great flu epidemic of 1918 was solely attributable to the widespread use of vaccines. It was the first war in which vaccination was compulsory for all servicemen. The Boston Herald reported that 47 soldiers had been killed by vaccination in one month, unquote, Eustace Mullins. By the way, Eustace Mullins wrote a book, an outstanding book called Murder by Injection. That book is must-reading for everybody, and Eustace Mullins became identity in his later years. I had the opportunity to vote him, to uh, interview him three or four times, where I asked him point blank, do you believe in Christi- Christian identity? He said, yes, I do. Was it a bioweapon? Symptoms of the 1918 influenza virus were so unusual that initially it was misdiagnosed as dengue, cholera, or typhoid. Uh, as far as I know, dengue never happened in America, maybe in Central America and South America. Typhoid fever, likewise, but not in, as far as I know, the continental United States. Let's continue. Many observers noted atypical complications such as mucous membrane hemorrhaging of the nose, stomach, and intestine, and bleeding from the ears and under the skin. Another unusual feature was that half the dead were healthy young adults, 20 to 40 years old. Yeah, i.e., the vaccinated, the vaccinated soldiers. Okay, so, yeah, those guidestones were deliberately destroyed by the deep state because people were beginning to reference them too much, right? That's what was going on there. Okay, folks, it's all a conspiracy. What isn't a conspiracy? What isn't a Jewish conspiracy in the world today? So, now here, here, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to explain how this influenza became transferred to the civilian population. How is that possible when it's being caused by the vaccine? Well, it's obvious that the immune systems of the soldiers themselves were so horribly uh, compromised that they began getting all kinds of diseases, some of which were readily transferable to their friends and family, especially family members. So that, and breathing on them, kissing, smooching, etc., as I said earlier, would be one way of transferring these other diseases, which were complications of the vaccine program, to their healthy family members. And their immune systems weren't ready for this. 
So if you're, this is why we have immunity, the natural way, by getting the disease, getting your immune system to reject it and have antibodies against it. Well, apparently this happened so fast that many of the uh, uh, innocent civilian victims were affected by who knows what. But it certainly wasn't the Spanish flu. So let's continue. In 1948, Heinrich Müller, the former head of the Gestapo, told his CIA interrogator that the influenza pandemic of 1918-1919, the most devastating plague in human history, was man-made. At a 1944 Nazi bacteriological warfare conference in Berlin, General Walter Schreiber, chief of the medical corps of the German army, told Mueller that he had spent two months in the U.S. in 1927 conferring with his counterparts. They told him that the so-called double-blow virus, i.e. Spanish flu, was developed and used during the 1914 war. This should come as no surprise because the U.S. Army had as a record of experimenting with drugs, chemicals, and bacteria on its unwary soldiers. Ha! Let me tell you right now, folks, do not volunteer to enter the military. You will just be a major guinea pig. According to Mueller's testimony, the flu started as a U.S. Army bacteriological warfare experiment that somehow infected U.S. Army ranks at Camp Riley, Kansas, in March 1918, then got out of control and spread around the world. By out of control, we know now that is they keep they kept on inoculating people throughout the war. More Gestapo chief, the 1948 CIA interrogation of Heinrich Mueller. There's a link there, folks. This is fantastic information. More at HenryMacow.com. See also, scientists create 1918 flu virus. See the parallels with H5N1. All right, so so what do you think? Do you think Dr. Fauci, in his gain-of-function experiments, was trying to create another deadly virus? Do you think maybe that's what's going on, folks? And then our dear president, Donald Trump, fast-tracked it at light at is lightning speed the same as warp speed i don't know but he fast-tracked it at warp speed with dr fauci standing right behind him dr frankenstein fauci october 2011 a shock vaccine study reveals that influenza vaccines only prevent the flu in 1.5 out of 100 adults and that's probably an error that's just probably a statistical anomaly. Not 60% as you've been told. So what are these vaccinations really for? You won't like the answer, but many believe flu shots are designed to soft kill the global population, a la Bill Gates. How many times has Bill Gates stated, we want to reduce the population? These are eugenicists, folks. These are genocidal murderers. That's what they are. The world needs to wake up to this fact. Quote, Vaccines are population control technologies as openly admitted by Bill Gates 
and they are so cleverly packaged under the fabricated public health message that even those who administer vaccines have no idea they are actually engaged in the reduction of human population through vaccine-induced infertility and genetic mutations. Vaccines ultimately have but one purpose, to permanently alter the human gene pool and weed out those humans who are stupid enough to fall for vaccine propaganda. And for that nefarious purpose, they probably are 60% effective after all, unquote. Statement made by Ava Sneed, MD. See, also, Bill Gates fears a Spanish flu-like disease could wipe out 33 million. No, he doesn't fear that. He wants that. Next, another link. Bill Gates' polio vaccine program caused 47,500 cases of paralysis deaths. That was either in Africa or in India or both. Pentagon clear to give anthrax shots again. (laughs) Okay, folks, it's full-on war. Full-on war. 1918 style, the so-called Spanish flu, which was created by vaccination and is not a natural disease. Okay, let's, numerous links here uh, for other stories. Next heading, Japan, Japan halts vaccines from Pfizer, Sanofi after deaths of four children. The deaths just keep mounting all across the world. Children are collapsing into comas and then dying just minutes after receiving combination vaccines that have been deceptively marketed as completely safe. Last year, Australia temporarily banned flu vaccines in children after they were found to have caused vomiting, fevers, and seizures. Today, the damage from vaccines is emerging in Japan, where the health ministry has suspended the use of vaccines from Pfizer and Sanofi Aventis following the deaths of four children there who died within minutes of receiving these vaccine shots. And I remember early on, uh, I I did a show about the Gardasil vaccine, which is intended to prevent pre, uh, how should I put this, Uh, girls who are not having sex and shouldn't be having sex at that age anyway, Uh, giving them shots with Gardasil to prevent uh, a disease that only occurs in women who have multiple sexual experiences, like prostitutes, right? So why would they, why would they need Gardasil? Why would young girls need Gardasil? And I predicted that these girls would be dropping dead shortly after being vaccinated in Australia. And sure enough, That's exactly what happened, folks. That's exactly what happened. So let's continue. Today, the damage from vaccines is emerging in Japan, where the health ministry has suspended the use of vaccines from Pfizer and Sanofi, etc. All four children received combination vaccines, where multiple shots are combined into one high-potency injection, MMR is another example of a combination vaccine shot that combines vaccines for measles, mumps, and rubella. There is very strong evidence that vaccines are far more dangerous when given in combination than when given at one time. Well, is there a reason why the vaccine industry in America received immunity 
from legal prosecution. I think it was the 1986 Child Immunization Act that gave immunity to vaccine manufacturers so they cannot be sued. Is there a reason for that? People now have to go to all the trouble of proving in court that the death or injury of their child was caused by the vaccine and not by something natural. They have to go to all that trouble and prove that in court before they will be compensated by the government, not by the vaccine manufacturer, but by you and me, the taxpayer. Now, isn't that a racket? Total racket, folks. Absolute 100% Jew-controlled racket. Yeah, Fauci, fake Chinaman, (laughs) Dr. Fauci. Folks, how long must this deception go on before our Lord and Savior, Yahshua Messiah, comes back and puts an end to this? We better start praying for that to come sooner rather than later. Let's continue. In the USA, there have been more than 59,000 reports of adverse reactions to pneumococcal and HIV vaccines during the past few years. More than half of these cases, 30,094, required hospitalization with 2,169 deaths. See, if it doesn't kill you right away, it puts you in the hospital and the vaccine industry and uh, the allopathic medicine industry controlled by the Rockefellers here in America makes even more money, right? And under Joe Biden, any person diagnosed with COVID, the hospital gets $3,000 simply for admitting, uh, simply for making a diagnosis, then another $10,000 for admitting that person to the hospital, and there's other stages of uh, government payout for these hospitals, ultimately totaling $100,000 per patient for COVID treatment. And that, and that includes being put on a ventilator. So, folks, the hospitals are making money hand over fist by the COVID industry. Next heading the Great Vaccine Damage Cover Up. What will now happen in Japan is that a group of vaccine safety experts will meet to discuss the vaccines, and no doubt most of the members of that group will be paid off by Big Pharma. Within a day or two, a statement will be issued that states there is no causal relationship exists between vaccines and child deaths, unquote, and the vaccine program will continue as usual. Now, maybe they may, may make them less poisonous, so that the babies don't die immediately after being injected? Maybe, you know, once, uh, like with Gardasil, a lot of the deaths occurred after the girls got out of the hospital, drove home, passed out, and got into a traffic accident. The ongoing deaths of children will be ignored or explained away as mere coincidence. How many coincidences does it take to make a pattern? If you're one of the brainwashed vaccine zealots, there is never a pattern. All deaths are automatically considered coincidence, no matter how many occur or how frequently they appear. A true scientist, of course, would observe the pattern and realize there is a cause and effect phenomenon taking place. But then again, vaccine zealots are nothing like real scientists. They are propagandists. 
This is how the vaccine industry operates every day. Lie to the public that the vaccines are 100% safe and effective, then deny any hint of vaccines causing damage to anyone. It's a double-layer deception. First, there's a deception that vaccines are safe. They aren't, and the vaccine industry refuses to subject them to scientific clinical trials versus non-vaccinated children in order to prevent this truth from coming out. But, of course, I have also reported on local doctors who, uh, in their, uh, what do you call it, their their child uh, uh, pediatricians, who have kept records on vaccinated and unvaccinated children in their practices. And they report unequivocally that only the vaccinated children come back for repeat visits. The unvaccinated children stay healthy and don't have to come back. This is science, folks. But the vaccine industry refuses to do science. It's all propaganda. Children are routinely killed by vaccines, and vaccines are being pushed in the false context that presumes vaccines are the only way to protect children from an infectious disease in the first place. Nutrition actually works better, and it doesn't kill children, but that's not the choice presented to parents. The choice is either vaccination or non-vaccination. The choice is never presented as vaccination or vitamin D supplementation, is it? or hydroxychloroquine, or any other, or ivermectin, or any other natural products. Although ivermectin is not a natural product, it's one of those that actually works. The real cost in human suffering. If vaccines are so safe, then why do so many healthy young children suddenly collapse into autism in the hours or days following vaccination? Why is this neurological damage a, a global phenomenon that almost always occurs in children who are vaccinated? Why are non-vaccinated children so much healthier, more vibrant, more intelligent, more immune to infectious disease? The vaccine industry doesn't want you to ask these questions. You're supposed to just accept their propaganda, take your shot, and keep coming back for more year after year. Yeah, it's a treadmill, the vaccine treadmill that you get on. Once you get, once you get the shot, you're going to get sick and stay sick, and you're going to need more treatment, which is going to make you even sicker. If your child gets autism, it's your fault, not theirs, according to them. If your child collapses into a coma and dies, you have no legal recourse because the U.S. Supreme Court has made it illegal to sue for damages from vaccine companies. The entire medical system has been configured to suppress vaccine lawsuits and deny the evidence of vaccine damage and death. The court system denies justice to anyone whose children are damaged or killed by vaccines. And parents who question the safety of vaccines are ridiculed by doctors and even called baby killers by Bill Gates, who has funneled tens of billions of dollars into mass vaccination campaigns, despite the fact that vaccines are killing people. All right, folks. This is the real situation. The Jew, Bill Gates, and all these Jewish vaccine Industries, uh, Pfizer, and, uh, and the dozens of vaccine manufacturers, you know, who knows how many of them are actually owned by Jews. We know, for example, that uh, Purdue Pharmaceuticals, owned by the, the Jewish uh, Sackler brothers, deliberately murdered up to 400,000 people during the opioid epidemic. And the doctors who dispensed their poison 
knowingly killed all these people. And even now, uh, a court has ruled against Walmart, uh, uh, several of CVS and Walgreens, that they knowingly com- uh, were complicit in dispensing these drugs. The pharmac- pharmacists should have known better, but they were what? They were bribed. They were they were shut up. They were blackmailed. They were intimidated by the Sackler brothers, a Jewish pharmaceutical company. And after causing all of these deaths, this Jewish organization was only fined something like $65 million, a slap on the wrist. Oh, oh, but those evil Nazis, those evil Nazis supposedly murdered 6 million Jews during World War II. Now let's look at this Jew-controlled industry worldwide. How many billions have they murdered with their vaccine industry? And nobody is able to tell the truth because they also control mass media. Folks, this has got to stop. Father Yahweh, we beg you to bring your son, Yahshua Messiah, on the scene now. We're tired of waiting. We're sick and tired of waiting, and we're dying our people are dying because of all these Jewish lies. <sighs> this has to come to an end right now. Amen. All right, folks, that's today's program. I'm going to do part two of this next week. See you then. Bye-bye.